All right, three, two, one. Oh my goodness. Good morning, good afternoon. Whatever it is for you, I hope you're having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports. Thank you so very much for tuning in. Technically, today is Monday, February 3rd. For me, it is 2.05 a.m. in the morning. It's two hours after midnight. Uh, the Super Bowl happened yesterday on Sunday. Today's technically Monday. We have a gigantic episode today all about the Super Bowl. We're going to talk about what happened. We'll talk about Andy Reid. We'll talk about Patrick Mahomes. We, we're going to talk about... Why do I say we? It's just me. I'm the only person in the room. I'm the only person doing the podcast. You're listening. I say we because it's you and me. Uh, we're going to talk about the 49ers. We have a lot of fun stuff ahead. I do want to say briefly, though, the football season has now come to an end. At least the NFL season has come to an end. We're now moving on to the XFL. And I want to say just thank you so much to everybody who watched and listen to the show. It means a lot to me. Um, Strong Opinion Sports has changed my life in so many ways. It means the world to me. And uh, I just it was a really fun year. It was a really special, incredible, fun year full of all kinds of memories. Heartache, fun moments, joyful moments, all kinds of stuff. And I just want to say thank you so much to everybody who took part in that, took part in watching my videos, took part in... I met people in Salt Lake City when I did a broadcast there. I met a lot of people all over the country do, you know, because of Strong Opinion Sports and really all over the world through Patreon and through Instagram and everywhere. I just am so grateful for everybody who is involved with this show. It means the world to me. And so thank you so very much. I want to start today with what happened yesterday in the Super Bowl. And by the way, I hope you're driving to work. I'm, I'm really, it's very early in the morning for me. I haven't slept yet. Uh, the Super Bowl ended. I got the show gathered and my notes and everything. And uh, I hope you're able to listen to this on your way to work Monday morning, the night after the Super Bowl. That's my goal for this show and uh, today's episode is all about the Super Bowl. I'm really, really excited. So, uh, as you probably know, you, you watched it, I watched it, we all watched it. The Chiefs beat the 49ers in the Super Bowl 31-20. to 20. And I gotta say, first of all, I am so happy for the city of Kansas City. It's awesome. I am so happy for the Chiefs coach, Andy Reid. I'm happy for their quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. And uh, I'm sad for the 49ers. It's not... You know, I didn't have a a team I was really rooting for in the Super Bowl. It was very weird. I didn't care who won. I liked people on both sides. I think that both teams, the 49ers and the Chiefs, have good people involved, and it's hard to root against anybody. And I really just wanted a a close and exciting football game. Now, what we got was close to that. We we had a very solid football game. It was a bit odd. Uh, I, I would compare it to... The college football national championship. The national championship was amazing. It was Clemson and LSU. And uh, it was jam-packed. It was fun the whole time. A lot of points were scored. We didn't really have that in the Super Bowl. If you compare the Super Bowl to the national championship, the Super Bowl had some really fun moments. It also had some really boring moments. Now, the story of the game, in my opinion, is the Chiefs quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. He's phenomenal. He had a really good start to the game. You know, the second Chiefs drive resulted in a Patrick Mahomes touchdown run. That was followed up by a field goal drive. That gave the Chiefs 10 points. But then for a while, there was a whole lot of just, ah, it's sort of boring. I'll be honest. Uh, the middle of the game, that, the middle portion of that football game last night, the Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes didn't play great. And you could credit the 49ers defense if you want. Now, honestly, the, the reality is that Patrick Mahomes... Wasn't great. He just missed some throws. Uh, he had an ugly interception. He was inaccurate at times. But here, in the end of things, here's how things went down. The middle of the game was kind of boring. You know, at halftime, the score was 10 to 10. Then the 49ers scored 10 more points. They were running the ball really, really well. 
And then the Chiefs got the ball down 20 to 10. The Chiefs were losing by 10 points with eight minutes and 53 seconds left in the game in the fourth quarter on their own 17-yard line. And from that point in the game, the Kansas City Chiefs came alive. They were just on top of stuff. They scored three touchdowns on three straight drives, and the 49ers could not respond. The 49ers had a three and out. They punted. And then the 49ers were faced with the most crucial moment of the entire game. It was third and 10. And at that point, the 49ers were losing 24 to 20. And Jimmy Garoppolo on third and 10 had Emmanuel Sanders wide open downfield on like the five yard line. And Jimmy Garoppolo missed the throw. Would have been a touchdown. And he missed. Then the Chiefs got the ball back. They scored again. They made the game. They made the score 31-20. to The game was out of reach. Now on the final drive, Jimmy Garoppolo threw an interception. And if you look at Jimmy Garoppolo's final stat line, you will see, oh, hey, uh, Jimmy G had two interceptions. But the truth is, if you look at the context of how they happened, neither interception really hurt the 49ers that much. It just didn't have a gigantic impact on the game. You can be that stats guy, look at the box score, but the box score doesn't tell the whole story of the football game. So Jimmy Garoppolo's first interception came early in the second quarter. Yeah, it gave the Chiefs the ball. Sure, I agree with that. But then the Chiefs had a nine-play drive, which led to them kicking a field goal. So technically, yes, on paper, the interception by Jimmy Garoppolo led to a field goal and gave the Chiefs three points. But the reality is that the Chiefs still had to drive nine plays down the field in order to kick that field goal. It wasn't like Jimmy Garoppolo just handed them three points. And then that second interception of the game came in a moment of desperation at the very end. The Chiefs were leading 31-20 to with a minute left. And, uh, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo threw up a prayer. And it wasn't really a prayer. It was just a good play by the defense. But the point is that in the end, the interceptions were not the reason why The 49ers lost. Now, I do believe Jimmy Garoppolo could have played better. There were a few throws where, a few plays really where George Kittle was open and Jimmy Garoppolo didn't throw him the ball. There were moments where I'm like, Jimmy, what are you looking at? There was like a third down. I was like, did you not see George Kittle wide open? What happened there? But you also got to ask, okay, did those two moments decide the game? Not really. They were third downs. He could have been better. That's, that's fair enough. However, that third and 10 play, that throw that Jimmy Garoppolo missed that would have been a touchdown had a huge impact on the game. I believe it's going to haunt Jimmy Garoppolo for a long time. He's going to think about that throw and go, man, I had Emmanuel Sanders open on like the five-yard line. Would have been a touchdown. Could have, would have, should have, but we would have had a 27 to 24 lead. And, uh, you know, you're still not guaranteed a victory having that lead because you got to give Patrick Mahomes the ball back. But, man, I don't know. It was really sad watching the 49ers' 10-point lead evaporate at the end of the game. It was painful. I mean, during the final 10 minutes of the game, the camera crew kept showing close-up shots of the 49ers' players. And they looked defeated. They just looked like they were they looked beat. And they looked defeated even when they were up by 10 points. It just was, there was a moment where the 49ers were driving and they showed a clip of, oh, poor George Kittle. George Kittle's face, man. They kept showing him and he just looked out of it. He was like, oh man, this is the moment we're going to lose. We're going to lose this game to Jimmy, to, to Patrick Mahomes. And so 
I don't know, man. It's it was hard. I, I I don't have a favorite team in this scenario. I'm happy for Patrick Mahomes, but I'm sad for the 49ers. I'm happy for the Chiefs, and I'm sad for the 49ers. And I don't know, man. I will say I'm slightly disappointed in Patrick Mahomes, the Kansas City Chiefs quarterback. He was good at the end, but he had some he had some really disappointing low moments throughout the game. There were moments I'm like, you can't make that throw. The guy's wide open, and you missed. And there were multiple times where Patrick Mahomes missed easy, you know, fairly not easy, but for his you know for his talent, fairly easy throws that he normally makes. But in the end, I said I'm disappointed. People are like, how could you be disappointed with Patrick Mahomes? Well, I have high standards for Patrick Mahomes. I know what he's capable of. But in the end, Jimmy Garoppolo, excuse me, what am I saying? In the end, Patrick Mahomes did win the Super Bowl MVP. Here was his final stat line. He was 26 for 42 passing. He had two touchdown throws. Patrick Mahomes also had that one touchdown run early in the game. But he also had two interceptions. Two, one of them was tipped. One of them was bad. I was like, what are you doing? It's like he, I think pressure was in his face a little bit. That might have affected the throw. But one of Patrick Mahomes' interceptions was just bad. So all in all, it was a, it was an imperfect performance, an imperfect performance by Patrick Mahomes. But you got to acknowledge, hey, Mahomes made plays when it mattered most at the end of the game. But all in all, very similar to Patrick Mahomes' performance, it was an imperfect Super Bowl. There was a lull in the middle section of the game where it was kind of like, okay, like this is ugly football. And then the final 10 minutes were wild. It was a good start. It was a, a slow middle the, the, the halftime show was cool. It was, I don't know. Not my cup of tea. It was kind of funny. I was sitting around with my friends and like, you know, it's the four of us. And I'm like, I can't think of another context where we would watch Shakira and <laughs> Jennifer Lopez sing like this <laughs> other than at the Super Bowl halftime show. I'm like looking at my buddy Jose and my buddy Russell. I'm like, I, yeah, I can't think of another opportunity, another time where we would have this experience together. Um, and then yeah, that's a Super Bowl though. But then again, that final 10 minutes was great. However, I will acknowledge with a minute left, the game was over. And that was sad to me. You know, with a minute left, the Chiefs led 31 to 20. And I just, like, I- I'm nitpicking here. I-, I know this. People are going to be furious at me. They're always mad no matter what I say. But I was kind of disappointed that the game didn't come all the way down to the wire quite the way I wanted. I really wanted, like, the last minute, the final drive to be a team taking the lead or trying to take the lead. And Jimmy Garoppolo threw an interception and the Chiefs kneeled a bunch and I don't know, man. The game didn't quite go exactly the way I hoped all the way down to the wire, but it was still in the end. We had a really solid Super Bowl. It was a good time. I'm sad for the 49ers. I'm happy for the Chiefs. And uh, all, in, all in all, it was a solid. It was a solid Super Bowl. Now, uh, I need to say, man, I am... I'm so happy for the Kansas City Chiefs head coach, Andy Reid. The dude... Finally, finally got a Super Bowl victory. Finally won. I was so happy for him. There was that, I'm not talking about the one at the desk, but the one, the post-game interview with Andy Reid, the confetti's coming down, there's people all around him, it's Patrick Mahomes, still clearly in his pads, and Andy Reid's there, and he's just, he's wet from the Gatorade bath, and Patrick Mahomes was good in the interview, but Andy Reid, I have a, a picture I took, it's on my Instagram story, his smile is just the biggest and the happiest grin, and it just, it touched my heart. I was like, man, good for Andy Reid. He finally got that elusive Super Bowl victory. He's been an NFL head coach for 21 seasons, 21 years. Some of the people listening to this show are not even 21 years old. 
Andy Reid has won 222 games as an NFL head coach. It's crazy, man. <laughs> That's so many games. And before the Super Bowl today, he'd won more games in NFL history than any other coach who still hadn't won a Super Bowl. 21 years, man. It's crazy. 14 years in Philadelphia. Seven years now in Kansas City. And it's interesting to me, Doug Peterson, he's now the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. Doug Peterson used to be one of Andy Reid's assistant coaches. And a couple years ago, remember that Nick Foles game? Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl against the New England Patriots. Doug Peterson, a former Andy Reid assistant coach, won a Super Bowl before Andy Reid did. And then, oh, uh, John Harbaugh. John Harbaugh, the head coach of the Baltimore Ravens. Another former Andy Reid assistant head coach. He won a Super Bowl with the Ravens, and he won before Andy Reid could win a Super Bowl. So people who used to work for Andy Reid were so talented. Look up the Andy Reid coaching tree. It's insane how many great coaches there are that used to work with Andy Reid and work under Andy Reid. Here's like the key to being a great head coach or at least being a head coach in the NFL. You want to be a head coach in the NFL? At some point, go work with Andy Reid. Because if you work under Andy Reid, it seems like everybody who does gets to become a head coach eventually. But it's interesting, the people who used to work under Andy Reid, so many of them have won Super Bowls before the big man himself. And finally, that big man himself, big red Andy Reid, he got it. He won a Super Bowl. He's a legend in the coaching world. Seems like a good dude. I, I, I love interviews with Andy Reid. Seems like a fun, nice guy. His players love him. Tyron Matthew was talking about how he's like, I have so much gratitude and so much respect for my head coach, Andy Reid. And he's worked with so many great players over the years. Won so many games. I am so, so happy for Andy Reid. It's just awesome, man. It's so awesome to see the guy finally win a Super Bowl. Okay, um, <clears throat> one of my favorite things in sports is I love taking sports and then using them to learn life lessons. It's, a, it's my favorite thing about the sports world. Uh, it's why I love sports. It's why I love covering sports. And the Kansas City Chiefs just won the Super Bowl. And there's one really giant lesson out there for us to learn from this victory. There's a lesson we can learn in all this. It goes along the lines of something like, you shouldn't be afraid of change. And you can't be afraid of taking a risk in order to upgrade. Don't settle. Don't settle. There's a commercial out there somewhere. It's silly, but it's true. It's like, don't settle for okay when you can have great. You're out there listening. You're in an okay relationship. You're like, this relationship is fine. Don't settle for that fine relationship. Go find someone who meets all your needs. Go find someone who's fantastic. You have a job that's okay. No. Don't settle for that job. Go find a job you love. Go get a great job. Don't settle for okay when you can have great. Here's the story I want to tell today. In the 2016 NFL season, the Kansas City Chiefs went 12-4. and They had a really good season. They got a first-round bye in the playoffs. They were the number two seed in the AFC. But then they lost in the playoffs. They lost their first game in the playoffs. They lost in the divisional round to the Pittsburgh Steelers. They had a solid quarterback, Alex Smith, a franchise quarterback. People loved him. He was good. And they'd had a pretty good season. And then the Kansas City Chiefs took a risk. 
the Chiefs decided, you know what? We're going to do something a little different, a little bit unorthodox. After that year, they went 12-4. and They lost in the playoffs, but they got to the playoffs. They had a good franchise quarterback. The Chiefs traded up in the NFL draft and picked a quarterback. They traded two first-round picks, that year's first-round pick, next year's first-round pick, and a third-round pick, all to move up and draft Patrick Mahomes with a number 10 overall pick. They already had a quarterback. They didn't need Patrick Mahomes. A lot of people were confused. Like, you have a franchise quarterback, Alex Smith. And then to make things more interesting, the following year, Patrick Mahomes didn't really play that much. Didn't see much of the field. Patrick Mahomes in his rookie year played one game. One game in 2017. It was the final game of the year where you rest all the starters and you play the backups. They finally got Patrick Mahomes in a game. And in that 2017 NFL season, the Kansas City Chiefs quarterback, Alex Smith, was great. At least statistically, he had 26 touchdowns, only five interceptions. That's really safe. That's efficient football. But again, the Kansas City Chiefs hit a ceiling. They kind of had maxed out their potential. Sure, they won their division. But again, they lost in the playoffs. They lost in the wild card round this time to the Tennessee Titans. So the Chiefs did something crazy. They traded away their franchise quarterback. They had stability. They had good. They had nothing. Wasn't a gigantic problem. Alex Smith was a good quarterback. He got them to the playoffs years in a row. 26 touchdowns, five interceptions. Good. But they sent Alex Smith to the Redskins. They didn't want just good. They committed to Patrick Mahomes as their starter. A bold move. Sure. But the following year, you know, they, they were like, hey, look, we got to. We took a risk earlier by drafting Patrick Mahomes. Let's follow that up. Let's back up our talk. Let's finish up on that risk. And in Patrick Mahomes' first year as an NFL starter, this very first year, he won the NFL MVP. He was phenomenal. He burst onto the scene and was fantastic. And then in, now in his second year, in Patrick Mahomes' second year in the NFL, at least third year in the NFL, second year as a starter, Patrick Mahomes just won a Super Bowl, and he was the Super Bowl MVP. You're not going to argue with me. Patrick Mahomes was the majority of the reason why they won the Super Bowl. Yes, they have a good roster, but they had a good roster when Alex Smith was their quarterback, and they hit a ceiling. Patrick Mahomes was the difference between winning their division, going to the playoffs, and then winning their division and winning a Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes put them over the top. He's the reason they won the Super Bowl. And to me, this story is so, so inspiring. It's the story of the Kansas City Chiefs taking a chance, taking a risk to try to get an even better situation. We've all been there. Don't settle in life. Here, you have a good relationship. You have a good relationship, but you want a great one. You're like, yeah, look, I, I'm tired of going on dates and we, we kind of get along, but she's always kind of frustrated with me. I feel like I'm never good enough. I'd rather find someone who... Loves everything about me. Loves the things I love about myself. Or you have a good job. It's fine. You have stability. You have health insurance. But you don't really make as much as you want to make. And you don't really enjoy it. Maybe you hate talking to people. And you talk to people and they'd rather do something else. Or you work at a car wash. And you're like, man, I want to have a sports podcast online. And so you drop out of college and you do that. That's what I did. We all have dreams, man. And this story of the Kansas City Chiefs trying to have a better life and going from good, trying to upgrade and get better. 
Man, that's awesome. I, I love that so much. Go get the job you love. Transfer to the college you want. If you hate your major, change your major. Go from an environmental science major to a, I don't know, sport, maybe only a sports analyst or a sports marketing major. Go do that instead, right? My point is don't settle in life. The Kansas City Chiefs didn't settle. It's so inspiring to me what they did. The Chiefs' dream was to win a Super Bowl. We all have dreams. I think if you're listening to this podcast, you can relate to that. And the reason why the Kansas City Chiefs got their dream was because they were not afraid to take a risk and change their situation. They broke up with that girl. They transferred from that college. They left that stable job. I encourage you in life, please go after the things you really, really want. Don't just have good. Go get great. Don't settle for good. Don't be afraid of taking risks, man, trying to get exactly what you want. And I want to I end this topic by appreciating some things about Patrick Mahomes. The dude is 24 years old. He's a special, special quarterback. It's awesome, man. In the last two years, Patrick Mahomes has been an NFL starter for two years. These are the numbers Patrick Mahomes has put up. He's played in 35 games in the last two years. This is excluding that first game he played his rookie year. Playoffs included Patrick Mahomes in the last two seasons has played 35 football games. He has 89 passing touchdowns and seven rushing touchdowns. So he has a total of 96 touchdowns in the last 35 games, the last two years. Only 19 interceptions. My God, okay, that's unbelievable. Oh, and by the way, he's thrown for over 10,000 yards in the last two years, over 10,000 yards. To be exact, it's my calculations. I might be wrong. I did the math. He literally on paper, I was like rounding the numbers and doing all the work. I'm, I might be wrong, but my calculations say he's thrown for 10,602 yards in the last two seasons. He's been on a two-year tear in the NFL. You have to appreciate that. And then, by the way, earlier this season, there was a cool moment where Patrick Mahomes, it's not really cool. It's just a cool story. Patrick Mahomes dislocated his kneecap earlier this season. And people said he might be out six weeks. Patrick Patrick Mahomes is going to miss at least a month, maybe six weeks. And by the way, how many games did Patrick Mahomes miss because of his dislocated kneecap? Two. Patrick Mahomes missed two games because of his dislocated kneecap. Now, they found out part of it was because he's a freak of anatomy. He's got like a double-jointed knee, and so only one of his ligaments were messed up instead of two. It's crazy. But just think, man, Patrick Mahomes is a monster. He's put up crazy numbers. He's been an NFL MVP. He's been a Super Bowl MVP. He's only 24 years old. It's crazy. It's so cool. I just want to appreciate the journey Patrick Mahomes has been on. From the Chiefs embracing him to him being just an absolute beast in the NFL. I want to celebrate Patrick Mahomes. It's incredible. It's awesome. It's really cool. He's a special, special player. Give him a round of applause, man. I, I'm so it's been a fun journey to watch. It's been a fun player to enjoy. Um, I, I've really, really enjoyed my time watching Patrick Mahomes as the, I mean, really, he's the best quarterback in the NFL. It's, I, I love Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is a close number two, in my opinion. But Patrick Mahomes might be the best quarterback I've ever seen in spite of, look, he played against a great defense today, and he won. That's awesome. Patrick Mahomes is incredible, and uh, it's been a really fun journey to watch. Okay, um, oh, the water's on the ground. That's too bad. Um, I want to talk about that idea of dreams for a minute. I want to stay on that for a minute on the idea of dreams because I want you to put yourself 
I want you to put yourself in the 49ers shoes today. You know, in the NFL, there are two really big dreams. You want to get rich, you want to make a lot of money, and you want to win a Super Bowl. As a young kid, from the time you're eight years old, the time you can carry a football around and you understand what the NFL is, most players have this dream, man, I'd love to win the Super Bowl. You daydream, you run around in your backyard, you're winning a Super Bowl. And we all have dreams. I can tell you from personal experience, getting really close to a dream you've had for a long time, something you've worked really hard for for a long, long time, put in hours of work to achieve, to get so close and then fail at achieving your dream, oh man, it's, uh, it, it's heartbreaking. It's so painful. It's so painfully gut-wrenching, and I feel so bad for the San Francisco 49ers today. Just imagine. Imagine you're Jimmy Garoppolo, the 49ers quarterback. You wake up. It's Monday morning. You won the Super Bowl yesterday, and you look in the mirror. Just crushed. You haven't shaved. Your hair's a mess. Your body hurts from getting beat up. And you lost the Super Bowl. It's just a crushing, crushing defeat. You came all that way. You had a 13-3 regular season. You fought hard, emotional victories. You beat the Saints in the Superdome, 48-46, to that crazy comeback. You beat the Seattle Seahawks in the final play in the end of the, game, end of the year. You were the first seed in the NFC. All the countless hours and the countless amount of work you put in to get to the Super Bowl. You put your heart and soul into that. And you wake up Monday morning, the guy who lost the Super Bowl. And you're just like, man, man, I, I got to do it all over again. I got to do that whole process over again. All the offseason training, all the meetings, all the OTAs, mini camp, training camp, practice every day, 15 hour days, watching film constantly. And you got to realize the team that plays in the Super Bowl either plays 19 games, or if you play in the first round of the wild card round, the team that wins or plays in the Super Bowl could play up to 20 games during the course of an NFL season, 20 football games. Months and months and months and months and months of your life headed towards one goal. And I'll be honest, I would much rather be the guys who lose in the NFC Championship game or the AFC Championship game because then you're like, we got to get back. We, we have a lot to work on. We got to get better. We got to get back to that Super Bowl. But I just feel bad for the 49ers, man. Losing the Super Bowl is kind of like getting left at the altar. Where you're literally like, it's your wedding day. You're there. And she doesn't get married to you. She has cold feet. She runs away. She doesn't, she doesn't do it. You get so close. And then you don't get married. And it's brutal. Now you got to go on more first dates with other people. You got to get to know another girl's favorite food and another girl's favorite movie and another girl's type of music she likes and go on other things and learn things about her. Meet her parents. Maybe you're, maybe you're a guy. You want, maybe you want to meet a guy and that's how you do it. I, my, my point is not that. But eventually, eventually after you lose that relationship, you get back to a place where you're like, okay, I can do it. I can go on dates again. I can go do this. But it takes time. It takes a long time to get there. So I want to say I really, really hope that the players that played on this 49er Super Bowl team, Jimmy Garoppolo, Eric Armstead, Nick Bosa, Raheem Mostert, all these, Emmanuel Sanders, all these incredible, Debo Samuel. There's so many players that I really love. I've come to really enjoy watching this football team. And there are so many players on this 49ers roster who, I mean, the potential is, the sky's the limit for this 49ers franchise and their future. 
But I hope those guys go to Hawaii or Cabo, Mexico, or the Caribbean, or Belize, or the Europe. Get away. Get away from the game for a little bit. Go take a break. Recuperate. Relax. Take time off. Reset. Grieve the loss. Do some journaling. Figure out how you feel about it. Go to counseling if you need. Take time off and refuel for the next journey that you're going to take because life goes on. The 49ers, again, I said it. They're a young football team. They have a bright future ahead. They have a great head coach, a great defensive line, great running back, great receivers, great young quarterback. Nick Bosa, George Kittle, Jimmy Garoppolo, Raheem Mostert, so many talented young players. It's crazy to me. The 49ers can get back to the Super Bowl. They can. They have the pieces there to take another run. But the first step in that run is to take time off, to get away from the game, take time, reset, take a break, refuel emotionally for the next Super Bowl run that you're going to take place in next year, potentially. It's there, man. So a lot of teams flame out. That losing a Super Bowl is, is too heartbreaking. They're like, oh, I can't. That's why you know, I watched a documentary about the four falls. It's called The Four Falls of Buffalo. It's the ESPN 30 for 30 about the Buffalo Bills going to four straight Super Bowls and losing four straight Super Bowls. The mental fortitude it takes to get back four times over and over. To get that, that long journey. How many, how many football games do you play in a four-year span to go to the Super Bowl four years in a row? At least It's at least 19 four years in a row, maybe 20. That's unbelievable. How many football games that is? How many months of work that is? So again, I, I just think, man, the San Francisco 49ers wake up today, look in the mirror, just beat to shreds, man. Just totally discouraged, totally disheartened. And I don't blame them. You're like, you're like well, it's easy to say, well, just get back to work. Come on. No, man, that's not, that's not how dreams work. <laughs> that's not how that works. When you get crushed so close to your dreams, nah, man, you got you to gotta recuperate, relax, reset your mind, refuel. And get ready for the next battle. All the meetings, all the OTAs, all the footwork drills, all the training. The, the hours a day of work. You got to just take some time off to recuperate for that. That is, in fact, the next step the 49ers need to take if they want to win a Super Bowl next year. The first step, surprisingly, is take a break. Rest. Recuperate. Refuel. And get ready for the run again next year. Okay, uh, it's been a really heavy episode. It has. It's been sad, and we're going to end sad, too. So uh, let's take a minute to enjoy it. I have something really fun I want to do with this next topic uh, on today's show. It, this is, there's only one time of year I can do this, so screw it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to have fun with it. I want to share my—I wrote down a list of—I think it's 12. I think it's 12 Super Bowl commercials. I want to share the most memorable Super Bowl commercials I watched yesterday, share some of my thoughts and have fun with it. And I hope if you're listening, and especially if you're on YouTube, hey, dude, comment below what Super Bowl— commercials stood out to you, what you remember, what you had fun with. Uh, I want to talk about the first one that really ha- stood out to me uh, because, and the, the, my two favorite were uh, the Smart Pack, <laughs> the Hyundai commercial. Uh, we'll get into that in a minute, but the, the one I really want to talk about is the Tom Brady Hulu commercial. It started with that really somber monologue by Tom Brady. You know, they say all good things must come to an end. And he's walking and it's black and white and you're like, oh. And my friends and I are looking at each other as Tom Brady's giving this monologue. He's like, they say all good things must come to an end. And I want, to be, I want you to hear, I want my fans to hear it from my mouth first. And I'm like, my friends and I are looking at each other like, is this happening? 
Is Tom Brady really going to retire during a Super Bowl commercial? Is that how this is going to go down? Are you kidding me? It's kind of conceited. I mean, kind of, dare I say, douchey. Like, really? You're going to do that? But also, it's believable. We're like, well, if anybody can do it, it's Tom Brady. <laughs> like, if anybody can retire during a Super Bowl commercial, it's Tom Brady himself. And to me, I was like, well, this is how you know Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. I, like, nobody else could pull that off and make it work. Nobody else could start a monologue like, I want you to hear it from me. And then we all go, is he retiring? Is this, is this happening? This could be happening. Nobody else can pull that off. Only Tom Brady. And that to me was like, that's wild to me. That's so cool. My friends and I had so much fun with it. And then other, there was like a, I hate to say this, there was that Kia commercial with Josh Jacobs later. And Josh Jacobs is talking about, this is such a dark twist. But Josh Jacobs is like, if I could talk to my former self, you know, I was homeless. Everything's black and white, but there's that green color. And the green color is what made me think maybe. And it's like, is this also a Hulu commercial? Is Josh Jacobs going to be like, if I could talk to my former self, it was so far. I was homeless. It was so tough. Did you know the Hulu has live sports? <laughs> I was like, please, God. And it didn't happen. It was a very touching Josh Jacobs commercial. I had no idea that story, by the way. Really cool. Look at, if you want to look up a cool story, look up Josh Jacobs and like it, homelessness as a kid. I mean, that's it, unbelievable. But the, the Tom Brady Hulu commercial scarred me. I was like, is every deep monologue going to just lead to a Hulu has live sports commercial? Oh, I forgot about this, too. There was that commercial. It only was good because of the end. It was a Tide commercial where Charlie had... Charlie Kelly, is that his name? Charlie the actor, the guy from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, had a stain on his shirt, like multiple commercials. And then finally at the end, like like three commercials later, because there were like three throughout the show, he's old as heck. And he's like, he's like literally like about to die. And his wife is there and he's like, I finally cleaned my shirt. And she goes, I'm so proud of you. She gives him a hug and stains his shirt again. You're like, ah, that's phenomenal. I love that. I'm a sucker, man. It was so much fun. Uh, now, I want to talk about Smart Pack. This commercial, the Hyundai commercial. This is my personal favorite. This, this one, it's got Chris Evans. It had John Krasinski, Rachel. I forget her name. She's from Rachel something. She's from SNL. Uh, it had Big Poppy, like I do in a cameo. And it's all these actors and Big Poppy speaking in these really thick, bo- Boston accents. Like, and talking about how they, oh, my car has smart pack. And it's like, I can't even do it. I don't even do it justice. It's just so funny. Look it up. It's really hilarious. Um, I, that's my, that was my favorite Super Bowl commercial, in my opinion. I also loved that NFL, the NFL kids commercial. It had uh, the kid with like the blonde Odell Beckham Jr. haircut, the blonde hair. And he's running. There's this long, it was like two minutes. It was a long sequence where he's running and Drew Brees throws him the ball and then he runs and he jukes somebody and throws to another guy and another guy and he's running through people and, this really long stretch. And then it all uh, culminated in a transition from pre-recorded content to a live shot of this young kid running onto the field at the Super Bowl. I was like, dang, man, that's awesome. I, I loved it. I was like, this, that's a really cool sequence that I had so much fun with. And I, my, my friends and I were like, who's that kid? Like, what's the story here? I looked it up. Uh, the kid is Maxwell Young. His, his name is, is, what is his nickname? Bunchy? Bunchy's, I, I believe it's Maxwell Bunchy Young. Bunchy's his nickname. He's 12 years old. Um, he won, at 10 years old, he won, he like set the world record for the 100-yard dash, which is like, I'm a, a 100 yards. It was like 12.4 seconds, I believe. Um, and I, I was like, okay, Maxwell Young, this dude's cool. He's got a lot of swag. It's really fun. But he's just an actor, right? He's just a kid actor. No, no, not at all. This kid... 12-year-old as a football player. And I'm like, man, Maxwell Young. I looked him up on YouTube. He's got a highlight reel. You're like, okay, Maxwell Young. I never thought I would talk about a 12-year-old 
on Strong Opinion Sports. Fun, man. Really cool commercial. I'm curious to see, will he be a star football player? Who knows? That's a lot of pressure for a kid. But man, I, I don't know. That'd be interesting if he, maybe he'll play in the NFL someday. That'd be such a fun story. Like as a, a weird media type, it's like, man, that would be to have the 12 year old kid from the Super Bowl commercial grow up and then play in the NFL someday or even, even play high level college football. That'd be really cool. Watch his highlights. He's like way more coordinated than everybody he's playing against. He just runs like, th- like a deer through everybody. You're like, wow, okay, that kid is a really good football player. And then there were so many electric car commercials. Audi, Porsche. Uh, there was that electric Mustang, which looks like an SUV, which is like, look, it's probably really fast and really fun. Um, and I, I'm sitting there with my friends, like Hummer, even Hummer had an electric car commercial. And we're like, what? All right. And uh, my friends and I are all looking at each other and we're like, you know, this is Tesla's legacy. Tesla, the car company, the Elon Musk company, whether Tesla succeeds or not, as a car company doesn't matter. They really have achieved their goal, which their goal is to, Tesla's goal is to change the automobile market and create change in the world by pushing electric cars and that technology forward. And Tesla's success has forced other companies to adjust and adapt and also invest in electric cars. And to me, it's interesting because a lot of people make that argument for guys to go into the Hall of Fame. They're like, this guy changed the game. And it made me think about it. So I'm going to do a topic later this week about the Hall of Fame because I, I am, I'm so sick of the Hall of Fame. There's so many arguments and there's no clear rubric and it's just a gigantic mess and it drives me nuts. But you could make, okay, if Tesla has changed the car industry, right? They, they've changed the market. People are now investing in making electric cars. They pushed the market forward. Tesla changed the car industry. But in five years from now, Tesla might totally fall apart and not even be a company anymore. If that happens, you can't say that Tesla was one of the greatest car companies of all time. They might not even make it. But you would argue they did change the industry. It's the same for football players. You can change the game of football but not be one of the greatest players of all time, which is weird but honest and true. Just think about that. When we talk about the Hall of Fame and that kind of stuff moving forward, just have that in the back of your mind. Okay, now I have a gigantic list of a bunch of just briefly commercials I want to touch on. Uh, The baby peanut commercial was just weird and unsettling. Look it up. It was bizarre. Uh, I really thought the Post Malone Bud Light Seltzer commercial was hilarious. I thought it was funny. There was that internal battle. It was kind of like Inside Out, that Disney Pixar movie where they're like in his brain. And at the end, they hit a button. They're like, we're rich. We can buy both hard seltzer and Bud Light. We don't need to make a decision. We're rich. Let's get both. That was pretty funny. Um, there was a little Nas X commercial with uh, as Doritos where they're like in a dance-off for Doritos. And he was doing it with Sam Elliott. And by the way, Sam Elliott, weird story. Sam Elliott graduated from my former high school, David Douglas High School in Portland, Oregon. Like, Sam Elliott's a graduate of my high school. Like, okay, weird, interesting. Uh, the avocado commercial was funny. The Josh Jacobs Kia commercial was cool. Uh, there was a Rick and Morty Pringles commercial. There was a Cheetos Hammer Time commercial. I got to watch Rick and Morty, by the way. Like, I really, I get that. I've seen enough of it to understand that was, like, the joke. But, like, dang, I want to really invest and really watch Rick and Morty someday. Um, there was an Arya Stark car commercial. I think it was an Audi electric car commercial. I don't know, man. I'm just curious. I, I, I'll leave you with this. What was your favorite Super Bowl car commercial? I'm just curious. or Not, not car commercial, excuse me. What was your favorite Super Bowl commercial, period? Like, which ones stand out to you? And maybe you don't remember any of the ones I'm talking about. But maybe there is a Super Bowl commercial that you're like, that's the one that stands out in my mind that I remember. 
I'd, if you're on YouTube, please comment. I really want to read the comments on this one. I'm going to have fun with it. What Super Bowl commercial stood out to you? I want to know. Sounds like a fun discussion to me. And uh, well, I, I just, I don't know. I, I had a great, it was like six hours of television watching for me. It was like the pregame, the postgame. I didn't leave my, all the commercials. The only time I left the couch was I went and got cake for my friends. I gave them all a piece of cake. It was pretty cool. Uh, just all around a great day. Loved watching the Super Bowl. And the commercials are just a part of why that whole experience is so much fun. I love every year to do a like brief topic about the commercials because that's truly one of my favorite parts of watching the Super Bowl. Okay, guys, I want to end the show this way. Um, it's We had a fun end of the show. We talked about commercials, but I, I want to go back to a heavy part because this is really, really important to me. It's um, This weekend, I'm going out of town. I'm going to the beach with my girlfriend because I... Uh, it's a big anniversary. February 8th, 2016. My younger brother took his life. That's this Saturday, February 8th. So four years ago, my younger brother killed himself. He took his life. And it was brutal. It's one of the worst things I've ever been through. And from that experience, I learned two really painful lessons. Number one is that if you're struggling, please go get help. Please, I'm begging you if you're listening and you're having a hard time, do not suffer in silence. My brother never shared his struggles uh, one day I came home, he was dead on the floor. We never talked. We never had, never had a conversation. He never reached out to me or anybody else. Nobody knew he was having such a hard time. And it took his life. And so I, I am encouraged because it's, it's really a, a standard in the media world to tell you that the suicide hotline is 1-800-273-8255. 1-800-273-8255. That is the suicide hotline. But I encourage you, don't call a hotline if you don't need to. Talk to somebody in your life. Talk to If you have nobody else, call the line. It's important. It's a huge resource. There's a reason I told it to you. It's a big deal. But if you can, talk to somebody in your life. Talk to a counselor. Talk to a teacher. Go get help from somebody if you're having a hard time. Don't just take your life. What my brother did was awful. I miss my brother every single day. I wish I could have enjoyed this Super Bowl with him. Would have been cool to have him over to my place. It was the first time I've ever hosted a Super Bowl party. It was kind of wild. And so I encourage you, man, if you're having a hard time, please... Go get help. And number two, the, the other painful lesson I learned was that I didn't make it clear enough to my brother, uh, hey, you can talk to me. Just be very, very clear. Tell the people in your life how much they mean to you, how much you love them, how much you care about them, and be open with them. Hey, if you're having a hard time, you can come talk to me. I'm here for you. You can, we can share a lot. You know, my brother and I, we work together. I saw him at, we played football together. I saw my brother every single day. But our conversations were about girls and movies and sports and video games. Very surface level conversations. We never had a deeper conversation. So I encourage you. You're a football player. You're an athlete. You're, you're macho. I don't care. Don't be afraid to have conversations with more depth and talk about things that matter and have impact. Tell your friends you love them. Give them a hug. That hug might mean something to you in 10 years. Tell your friends. Tell the people you care about in your life how much they mean to you. Because when they're not around... You might miss him. That's the, that's the legacy Kobe's death leaves. That's the legacy of my brother's death. Is that, man, I will always really appreciate the people in my life and the people I care about. Guys, my name is Zach Schaumler. Thank you so very much for tuning in. It is now, what time is it? 2.48 in the morning. You've been recording for 44 minutes. Um, what a world, guys. It's almost 3 in the morning. I'm going to release the podcast. I hope I can get it out before... Three in the before six in the morning on the East Coast time zone because I really want people to listen to this when they drive to work. Thank you so much for an incredible year of football. Uh, we're doing a podcast tomorrow about the XFL. I 
I'm not going to tease anything. We got good stuff ahead, man. I got a great week of content. I have so much stuff already prepared. It's going to be so much fun. I hope you have a great day. And uh, thank you so much for an incredible NFL season. But um bum bam, we are done.